Spillin' if it's trip, yeah Everybody want the tea, so You already know the deal I always sip slow Come with me on a ride I'm only sipping it slow Only helping you grow Tell you things that you need to hear Not only things you wanna know Keeping you up on your current events I swear the world's so cold Talking about marriage and sports too Man, you gotta catch the show. You better believe me. Got Alan T. Weezy, J. Marks, and that JT make it look easy. Whenever they speaking about any topic, if I spoke about it, I was really about it. Ain't no front, front, I was real about it. In my white cup, it got hidden inside it. It's a message for everybody. Now we're only sipping this slow. Come with me on a ride. I'm only sipping this slow. Take a sip, I bet it gets you right And I only speak it if it's real, yeah Only spill it if it's trip, yeah Everybody want the tea, so You already know the deal I always sip slow Come with me on a ride I'm only sipping it slow This is the Sip Slow Podcast, where we help ourselves as well as others. Raw, real, and uncut. Audio work weekly. It's your boy, Mr. Money Don't Sleep, so T-Weezy can't rest. It's your boy, JT. It's your boy, Duke. J-Dub coming at you. J-Dub, what it do, man? Uh... Shit, what's y'all drinking to us today? Man, I'm on a little whiskey. All right. I'm on the gin and juice. That's it. Hey, <laughs> 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 uh, I don't want to be the oddball, but I'm on some aguafina. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ain't nothing wrong with it. You know, I'm I'm back on it, man. I'm on that OG. You know, that gin and juice, man. Like I said last week, it's just something about the taste buds. They really like it. So, uh, how y'all weekend been since the last time we talked? Y'all get into something? Man, not too bad. We just sitting here. I uh, had a football game with my son this morning, man. I had to be out in Clear Lake at like 745 for his game. But they won, man. So, they going to the Super Bowl uh, next week. Already. Yeah, I just put a lid on the pit. That's it. I just barbecue. Okay. Okay. You ain't invite me over. That's how it is. You come on. I just got done, man. You come get your plate. We in the same, <laughs> we in the same city. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I, uh, man, I've been running around. No, no, nonstop, man. It's been a crazy weekend for me. So, yeah, already, man. I 
Well, I ain't been doing much, man. Watched a little football yesterday, and the Florida State Seminoles disappointed me. It is what it is, man. So, man, glad to be back with y'all again. Uh, today, man, we have a special guest. Uh, whenever we bring someone on the Sip Slow podcast, you know, we want our audience to get something out of it, whether that's knowledge, uh, someone doing something positive and amazing in the community that should be highlighted. So today we have a award-winning author, poet, and one of Warden Texas's own joining us today, Mr. Van G. Garrett. Uh, so uh, Van is a uh, Van G. Garrett is the winner of the 2017 Best Book of African American Poetry for his book 49 Wings and Prayers as announced by the Texas Association of Authors. Uh, Van is a internationally celebrated artist and author, a visual artist as well. Um, he do vi uh, photography, videos, paintings, and his uh, work has been displayed or utilized by the Museum of Fine Arts of Houston, the University of Rhode Island, H HBO's The Wire, and Capitol Records. So, uh, man, we, we're grateful that Van is joining us today, so we'd like to welcome you on. Uh, how you doing today, sir? Hey, hey look, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. I, I'm, I'm good, man. Look, I'm honored to be here. And look, my brother, look, you're not alone. I'm on that, that water, too, today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's all good. But I'm glad to be here, y'all. Appreciate it. We, we thank you. Um, so let's, let's jump into it. You know, I've been knowing you for a good while. Uh, and... I know you had went off to college and, you know, I didn't know exactly what you was doing after that. And then, man, I see that you out here doing big things out here. So me, been, me knowing you uh, initially, you know, we went to church together, but I always knew you more on the, the, the musicianal side. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then <laughs> now I see that, you know, you, you writing and you're author. So, my question was, uh, when did you know you had writing skills? Man, look, that's crazy, right? Because, uh, yeah, a lot of people know me from the music, you know, from the music stuff. And, and that was my passion. You know you know that from high school, man. That's that's all I was doing, doing the music thing. Then when I went to college, uh, I went to college on a music scholarship. and mm. but, I, but I majored in mass, mass communication. So entertainment was really what I wanted to do. So I wanted to get out there and interview the artists. You know, I wanted to be out there with, with all the music stuff. But because I know the language of music, it was easy for me to speak to, you know, musicians and get interviews and stuff. So, um, yeah, man, it was it was cool. Like I said, just one blessing after the next. Because I, when I was in college, I worked for Capitol Records and, um, and Source Magazine. And it was mm. cool doing all that stuff. But then it was like, I wanted to, I wanted to tell my story. So then that's when the whole poetry thing came about and all that, but uh, I say I probably knew that I had some talent with that probably junior year uh -huh. in high school. Junior high school. Okay. I had a teacher and he was like, you know, I think you, I think this is what you ought to do. And I was like, really? So, yeah. So, I just kept pursuing it, man, you know. Junior year in high school. Junior year in high school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, what was your journey to get here today? 
right, so all right, so backtrack. So I went to college for uh went to college for radio, television, and uh and film, and I thought I want I thought I wanted to be on TV full time, and I I did a little TV for a little bit, but I really like radio. You know, I really I really enjoy radio, man, and and so that was a lot of fun, and um, so I did that. I, I did a lot of freelancing and stuff, and had the opportunity to go to New York and work on some things, work on uh, some projects, meet some people there. But I kept coming back to Texas, man. I, you know, I mean, Texas is home. So I kept I kept coming back. And and, I, and the stuff I would observe in Texas, then mm-hmm. I kind of put my little spin on it. And then when I go to New York, I take that flavor there and then bring stuff back. And um, and like I said, it was it was one of those things I just, I've, I've just been blessed, man. I've had the opportunity to meet some, some people who have really helped me to find my way. You know, they really helped me to find my path and uh, just sticking with it. You know, so I do this like every day. I mean, a lot of people think, I mean, some people think I just came into it, like I fell into this overnight, but, but bro, I've been doing this like for 20 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Damn. But don't get it twisted. I'm not that old. You know, you know that. <laughs> you know right, I mean? right, right, right. <laughs> I just started young at it. You know, I just started young at it. So, uh, yeah, man, but a lot of trial and error. And, um, you know, at the time, it was like when you know when when Diddy was popping, right? Everybody was like, "Man, oh, I want to be like Diddy." I want, and that's the same kind of kind of I guess grind and drive I had. Like, like man, I really wanted to to be about that, man. Like, just put the hours in, put the energy in, and, and it looks like it's paying off, you know. So, for sure, for sure, take that, take that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, <laughs> Doug. Yeah, yeah, Van, uh, man, I I knew of you. Yeah. You were a couple of years ahead of me, and I, obviously I went to El Campo, but I didn't know of you and your sister and your, your dad and mom, man. Yeah. Uh, so, one, I, I just want to say, you know, hats off to you for what you have done and accomplished, and, and I know, obviously, that's that's still just the beginning. You know, there's a lot of work out there, and I'm pretty sure there's still a lot on your, your plate that you, you have to get out. But yeah. I wanted to ask you uh, – you know, you've been able to travel the world quite a bit uh, yeah. and see a lot of different things, go to, you know, obviously many places. But how has that inspired your writing and, and you know, what's your, what goes into your poetry even, um, just that, that experience? Okay, yeah, yeah. Look, um, yeah, man, wherever I, wherever I go, it's, it's like I, I take a little bit of that energy. But I also like to think I'm bringing that energy too, you know. And... Um, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. Uh, I say probably my first my first taste of going to New York, it was like that's when my eyes were open to man, like it's a huge, huge world out there, right? And so it was just like like I got bitten by that bug, that travel bug, man. And and so I would be applying to different, you know, different things, different programs and, and that. And uh, but when I started uh, traveling internationally, then I saw it was a different type of love, man, a different type of respect. Now, don't get it twisted, people are not gonna people aren't gonna always show you like a certain level of respect just because you're in their city or in their country or whatever. But, but I would say I went to some place like I'll say Europe. When I went to Europe, um, people just seem to respect me as a, as an artist, right? They respect me as an artist. And then I'd be invited to different places. I can meet different people. And then having those conversations, I would be like, Oh, so this is how you do stuff. So then when I came back to the States, I, I would put that in my work. Um, but not just all the positive stuff too, man, because I've been in some situations where, uh, if you think it's bad <laughs> over here in the States, man, you go some places and, 
and you've been the only black man in some of those spots, you can really feel, you can feel that energy. You can feel that tension. It's a real situation. So, uh, so that really influenced my, my, my writings. And then, um, like I said, but meeting good people, I love to eat. So, you know, getting some good food, man, and, and the music, like I'm really big into hip hop. And so it's crazy because you'll listen to hip hop in another country and you'll hear the beat first. And then you can feel like the emotion and stuff. And then so what I try to do is I try to, no matter where I am, have people to feel that same type of vibe, the same type of emotion, you know, so. Wonderful, okay. man, wonderful. You got another one? Uh, no, go ahead. Any, somebody else, you shoot, go ahead. I'll come back. My I got a question. Um, what was your inspiration for the poetry book of Pet Bulls and Jaywalks? Oh, yeah, man, that's... <laughs> Yeah, look, I, man, so, so look, so I had a pit, right? I had a pit. Now, I love dogs, man, but, like, being on the road, you know, being on the road, uh, well, not right now, <laughs> you know, everything going on in the world, like, I'm not on the road yeah. like I used to, but, but I, I was like, man, um, you know, when I wasn't on the road so much, I had a pit bull and, and just loved that thing, man, and I, I love dogs and stuff, but then when I, when I keep moving back and forth, I can't always have pets and stuff like that, but make a long story short, man, my pit bull died, and and uh, I was like, man, you know, I miss this dog. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. so I, I was really writing some some pieces, thinking about the pit, but also jaywalks, man. Because back in the days, like everybody wanted to get the new Jordans, right? Oh man, I get to get the new Jays, right? So, uh, and yeah, you say, oh, we out here jaywalking, right? So then, because I like, you know, I'm a sneakerhead too. So I was like, well, what can I? How can I put this together? My love for shoes, my love for pit bulls, but it's really, truthfully, man, it's a it's a metaphor because. I look at it like a lot of times people look at pit bulls and they have a, a certain a, a certain misconception. Like, oh, it's a pit bull, so it's going to bite you. Oh, it's a pit bull, they're going to attack you. But then that's how people sometimes look at us as black men, right? Like, oh, mm. like they see us, but they don't really yeah. see us. You know what I'm saying? Right. So a lot of those poems are like, okay, I'm walking on the sidewalk. Somebody can get off the sidewalk because I'm a black man. Or somebody can get off the sidewalk because it's a pit bull, right? And so it's just really just, you know, like I said, because I love the breed, you know, and then just thinking about how, how people think about the breed and how people think about us. And, and that's really how those things came about, man. So those points came about. I'm okay. Um, <clears throat> Dude? Yeah, man, I that's pretty cool. He uh he liked them dogs, man. I, I got a couple right now myself. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> had I, I, bullies and, uh, and had all yeah. kind of dogs. That's pretty cool, man. But yeah. uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, one thing in particular, uh, what keeps you going? That fire uh, for you to to keep going and being who you are and allowing your light to shine. What's what's down inside of you that keeps you going? Oh man, yeah, that's a that's a great question, man. All, all these questions are great, man. I, I really appreciate that one. You know, uh, it's it's I guess what I learned a long time ago is man, I can't be anybody but me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I guess I really honestly like uh and I and, and I when I say it, I hope it doesn't come across as being too crazy or whatever, but I really don't try to please people, man. Like I like I really like <laughs> Like if you if you rock with me, if you like what I have to, you know, put out there, that's cool. But if you don't, that's that's cool too. You know, like, you know, like for example, I might like the Arizona Cardinals because Hopkins is playing, so I rock with Hopkins. That's my so I'm rocking with them this season. But yeah. you might rock with the Texans, right? And that's cool too. Like I respect I respect whoever you rock with, man. That's 
you know, but but that's kind of how I feel about it, you know. Like, okay, so we talking about sip slow, right? I'm not I'm not everybody's uh cup of brandy, man. I'm not everybody's cup of jack, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm good with that. Uh, but what keeps me going every day is, I know just like y'all, man. Like, you have something to say, you have something to tell people, and you have stories, and people need to hear them. And I know I have stories that people need to hear, cause. Some of these stories we can relate to. Like you just got finished saying, "Hey, look, I got some bullies. You know, I have some dogs, man. I, I you know, I, so you can relate to that on that level." And I really feel like sometimes we get so caught up in our own our own stuff, you know, in our own world that we don't really take the time one to have conversation, real conversations with people, or two, we don't really want to be who we are. Like we want to hide behind this this kind of stuff, man. Yo, if I'm not pulling a Bentley truck, you're not gonna see me, you know front like I got a Bentley truck. You know, what you see is what you get. Right. And that's always been that's always been me, you know, so yeah, so um, that's that's really how, how I feel about it, man. Like 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 y'all, man, look, I love the fact y'all are doing this podcast, man, because people need to hear the real, you know, the real stuff. You know what I'm saying? And um, Thank you. So yeah, so so it's just a matter of you just like, hey, y'all take a risk too. You gotta you gotta take some risk. And uh, yeah. So I don't know if I answered the question, but that's that's how I feel it, you know? <laughs> We 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 appreciate that. I, I I felt that. I appreciate that, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, what? In your opinion, what's your greatest accomplishment? Man, say, <laughs> uh, man, probably especially right now, man, just to be alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro? Right. Like, you can't really you can't really take that for granted, man. And I know that might sound crazy, but. There've been some times, man. There've been some times when I've been in some situations where, um, you know, in the real sense, I didn't know if I was going to make it through some stuff, man. You know, no. so I, I really think that uh, probably one of my greatest times is just, you know, being alive and and the, and then on, the, on another level, just like um, probably having the opportunity to to uh, meet a lot of my mentors. You know, like people I, people I've looked up to in the past. Like having the opportunity to know them on deeper mean deeper deeper levels, man. Like uh, mm-hmm. the people I used to look up to as a kid. Okay, I'll give you an example. Like when I was coming up, uh, Public Enemy used to be one of my biggest influences because I was like, man, these these guys can say whatever they want to say. They can talk about whatever they want to talk about, however they want to feel. And then later on in life, man, like meeting Chuck D, man, and like having lunch with Chuck mm-hmm. D, and uh, and having some real conversations with him. So. I think that's also another accomplishment, being able to like take it from, oh, this is who I look up to. This is somebody I can just have a conversation with. But uh, okay. yeah. But as they say, man, hopefully, you know, God willing, the best is yet to come, man. I don't know about the greatest yet, but uh, just, just pushing, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah. So, uh, man, go ahead. No, go ahead, Doug. Man, I'm going to ask you something to take you probably on a – you probably wouldn't have thought of this question going to be coming out, but I always like to, to find the intricate parts of, you know, what, what has helped make you you. And so my question to you is, like, what what's the biggest uh, way that I guess that you feel that you may have had to step out of your box to get to where you are or have accomplished what you have accomplished? Mm. Okay, yeah. Oh man, hey, that's man. Hey, y'all hit me with these questions today, man. That's, <laughs> hey, I can appreciate that. I, hey, I can appreciate that. Uh, man, I, I'll be you know I'll be honest. When uh when I was in college, okay, when I when I was in college, um, you know I had some setbacks, man. I, I mean, people people see me now and they think 
they think some stuff came easy, but man, I've had to, I've always had to work, you know, it's, it's, it might've been a different type of hustle, but I've always had to grind and, and work on some stuff man, in different ways. So, um, so college for me, man, that was, that was work. That was cause you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, the, I wasn't the guy that was always making all A's in school, man. So like, I had to really work toward that. But once I found out what I like to do, then I put my energy into that. So in school, uh, I was in class one time and, and this professor, she, um, you know, she, she took my paper, my essay, I had to turn the essay and she was like, uh, I need to see you at the class. And I'm like, okay, did I do something wrong? And, and she was like, no, I need to see you. She asked me just straight up. She said, did you write this? Did you write this paper? <laughs> I said, uh, yes, ma'am. You know? And so she's like, so basically I had to defend the fact that, that I, that I wrote, you know, that I wrote my, my own work, man. And I took out my notes. I reached in my bag. I took out my notes. I took, I would cite my own stuff, man. And, and when she, when she got finished, she just put a, it was a blue marker. She put a blue marker with the grade on there, put an A. Cause I earned, I knew I earned an A. I knew it was, I knew it was A material. Cause I had worked my butt off on that. She All put right. it on and marker and just kind of like chunked it to me any kind of way. And that's just one experience. So I think really just, um, like in the in the beginning years, man, really having to prove myself on so many different levels, people questioning whether or not I had what it, you know, if I had what it took to, to you know, make this thing happen, um, you know, and even like even in, in job settings, man, like people want to know if, if you're qualified enough to do a job and and that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'll have, yeah, come on, y'all know what it is. It's, it's just right. really just you having to prove yourself. Yeah. But I'm still proving myself, man, because the reality of it is. Um, Man, I'll go somewhere and people they they see me but they don't really see me, you know. And so I have to I'm constantly having to prove myself in the world too. So yeah. No, no, no problem, man. I, I appreciate you for uh for answering that. And and my purpose a lot of times is some people will get caught up in, you know, just kind of what that normal day to day is. But at a point in time, you know, at some point in time as far as succeeding or, yeah. or following your dream, you're gonna have to do um, what you're not used to doing. And, yep. and, you know, you're going to have to walk in places that you're not used to walking. And so I appreciate you you sharing that, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, get, and, and, and just to add a little bit to that, man, too. Um, like I said, we talked about this earlier, about some countries, man. I, I've been in, I, I, man, I've been in some countries where I literally could count the number of black people on my hand, right? Ah. And, mm. and, and so... So that's already kind of yeah. it's it's intimidating, man. It's 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 intimidating. It's super scary because like you out there and and stuff and you know. And so that and that's a challenge, man. But that's where you know that's where faith has to kick in at some point, man. But but I've been in some places where it's been a different type of challenge, and uh and especially with race, you know. And so some of my early work, you know, I wrote a lot about race, you know, because it's a real deal. I mean, I've lately I've been writing some some more things about that, but. Um, but I, yeah, I just want I want to bring that up too. But yeah, man, it's definitely been okay. Uh-huh. So right now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you teach African studies at U of H. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, uh, so, so I teach uh, I teach eighth grade as well. I teach I, I okay. teach eighth grade literacy, and then I also teach African American studies at uh, at UH. And um, and so I teach <laughs> I teach them before they get to that point. And then when they get to that point, going out to you know going out there in the world, and um, yeah, man, the, the UH, uh, you know, I love I love both of the both of those uh, opportunities because it gives me the opportunity, man, to just have some real conversations. Obviously, on a middle school level, I'm just trying to get them to think critically, man. But 
on a college level, then I'm challenging them a whole different way, man. We're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, we're talking about, you know, agency. We're talking about what, uh, we're talking about, you know, certain systems. I know because I've been following what y'all been talking about too, and it's interesting, man. Um, you know, a lot of the issues that y'all bring up on the podcast, we had those real conversations. You know, um, we talk about racism, we talk about discrimination, we talk about politics, we talk about all these things in the classroom, but with the focus being on how do the th- how do the things in the world affect us as black people? You know, so. Uh, so do you have a love for Africa? <laughs> man, do I? Come on, man. And now. And on top of that, on top of that, um, is it something that you can share with, you know, with the audience that they might not know about Africa? But uh, because I've been learning some things about it myself, so uh, you certified in it. So uh, you know, is it is it one thing? I know uh, you go over to Ghana, yeah. And, and if I'm not mistaken, they offer uh, a citizenship to us that was taken away from them. All right. Yeah, hey, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, matter of fact, you talk about Ghana, that's, uh, yeah, man, okay, so, all right, so let me, let me go back, um, all right, so my, my, my graduate degree is in literature, African-American studies, and, uh, so, man, I took, you know, I took these courses at, at UH, took these courses in African-American studies, uh, African-American studies, and I felt like, I felt like I got, like, a really good education, but I said, yeah, this is like book knowledge. I was like, I'll never really know the true story unless I go, right? So I ended up getting a fellowship, ended up going to uh, going to Ghana. I went to Ghana for almost 20 days. Almost, I was almost there for a month. And while I was there, had the opportunity, it was eye-opening. We had the opportunity to go to um, the, the slave castles, uh, Elmina, got a chance to climb the highest mountain in Ghana while I was there. Uh, just learned a lot, man. Just just a whole, whole lot. And Did you? And, and, and yeah, and that and that brought back it brought it brought back another appreciation of because it's like one thing, man. Like you moving around the city, you see black people, you be like, "Hey, what's up?" Right, man. First thing that was crazy for me, I'm in Africa. Like every time I saw somebody black, I kept saying, "What's up? What's up? What's up?" I couldn't I couldn't stop saying, right. "What's up?" Everybody black, you know. Everybody, right. Like, it was just kind of like, uh, oh, and when you go over there too, like you look, people look at you like they know you, and mm. then you look at them like, oh man. That looks like oh boy, you know. Right, saying? right. It's like so. It's uh, yeah. So it was really. I mean, it felt it felt really familiar. Uh, some parts that were a little different for me though, uh, would be like as far as how uh, intuitive the people are. So like you know, like if you're if you're in the city or someplace, right? It's like you can kind of like run if you want to run game on people. Some people you can run game on, right? Like you could like you can look at them and be like, okay, look, you know kind of sell them, you know, sell them on something. Man, you go over there, it's like, it's something like the elders, like the elders would like look at you and you're like, you could feel like they, like they, like they knew so much about you, you know? So it was mm. like, you had to be, you, in other words, I felt like you had to really be who you, who you are there. Cause people could see through all of that, you know, all the smoke and all that stuff. So, um, so that part, let me see, what else? I, I, man, I learned so much, man, I learned about, I learned about culture. I think one of the misconceptions, is that people either think that Africa is like, it's all, um, and it's usually expression, but that maybe they think it's all run down. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it's all, like, like people live, like people live in huts or something. You know, like right. that. That's not the case. I think people think 
uh, in Africa, man, you're gonna see you'll see lions and stuff crossing the streets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now nah, that wasn't that wasn't the case. Uh, I think I think people would be surprised to find out how much of of the African experience, man. We you know what I'm saying like that we that we've taken that we borrowed and we use to this day. Like when you see somebody, you just like dap them up and stuff like that, man. That's that's man. That's that's Africa, man. Like like the mm-hmm. way we do handshakes and stuff like that's. You know that's Africa. Um, the way, uh, the way we, the way we carry ourselves, man. There's so much of Africa in us. Like, um, like okay, think about, think about like the like the smoothest, like the smoothest brother you know. Like most cats would be like, okay, Denzel is smooth or something like that. Or if you think about like, like MCs and stuff like that, like uh, with their confidence. Like I'm thinking about like Ti. I know Ti is kind of like you know whatever, but, right. but like if you think about like confident cats. Like man, it's that kind of smoothness, like like throughout the continent, man. Um, uh, let's see, the man, the the women, you know, the, the the women are, I mean, just beautiful sisters, man. Um, just nurturing. I mean, just the people, man, in general, man. Like I said, from the elders to the to the kids, um, and I really think people had a people really had a heart for. Like just like what's real, and I think that I know right. that really shaped the way I see life too. Because it wasn't about man trying to let me just jump fly and hit these streets. <laughs> you know, it was like how how are we like really as a family unit? How are we taking care of one another? You know what I'm saying? Everybody had to talk about that stunting and stuff, man. It was just just being real. Our love, yeah, okay, right, right, right. right did right. you uh, did you ever visit uh, the point of no return? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Point, yeah. Point of no return. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, Elmina, and and that was that was also eye opening, man. Because like, um, now here's the thing. Okay, so so some people call them the slave castles, and then and then some scholars would call it the slave dungeons. You know what I'm saying, slave dungeons. But you know, you can go to those spots. Like, especially I'm thinking right now, point of no return. So so you go in there, it's real tight. You can literally smell that same stench. You can like literally like like I don't know if you've ever been right. to that place. Well, you can feel like like a heavy energy, you know what I'm saying? Like it's right. like it feels heavy in there, and so you're in there, and like the energy feels real heavy and stuff. And uh, but then like you go, you, you go, and, and then um, and then they open up the door. And at the end of the tour, they open up the door, and then you'll see like literally the point of no return because that's where the ships were back into the to the castles, to the dungeons, and take the slave, and they wouldn't come back. But now it's like you open that door, and you'll see all these all these people that are just sitting out there. You know, you can talk to them. You see the the cannons on the very top of the castle. Um, mm. Yeah, man. I, I look, bros. I, I would encourage all y'all, man. Y'all get it. Y'all get an opportunity, man. Please, please check it out. It's it, it'll open your eyes and it'll um it'll definitely change the way you, you the way you view life. You know, it it'll definitely change the way you view life. You know. Yes, sir. Yeah, I would like to visit the. Uh... So in, in the poetry world, being an author, do you see a lot of uh, African-Americans? Uh, yeah, man, they're, they're pockets. You know, they're, they're definitely pockets, man. Um, you know, we talked about Diddy in the beginning. We talked about, you know, about, about that in hip-hop. And so when I first started, there were, uh, there were a group of writers that I really looked up to. And, 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 and so people don't think that it's competitive. I guess people think it's, you know, I don't know what people think, but it's, it's, it can be low key competitive and it can be like real competition. And so mm-hmm. there are some, uh, some, some writers that when I first, when I first started doing my thing, like we would run into the same circles. And this is when I was spending a lot of time on the East coast 
especially in D.C., the whole DMV area, man, the Virginia, D.C., uh, all that. And so uh, so I would be challenging myself to, to write some stuff, and, and then they would write some things, and then their, their stuff would be in the magazine. I'm like, oh, man, like this stuff in the magazine. I got to try to get my stuff in the magazine. So we go back and forth, and then one cat would get a book out, and then I'm like, man, I'm still trying to get my first one out. You know, this cat's on his second book. And then, like, he's winning prizes and stuff. So then I'm like, oh, man, I got to. So it's good because comp- competition is good for you. So the competition part of that was good. But I would also say that class that uh, that I was a part of, like, really going strong probably, like, 15, like 15 years ago. Like, man, we're, you know, we're at a point, I think, now, because we're getting older, I think, more people are paying attention to some of the work that we're doing. I mean, you definitely have you definitely have talented writers, man, poets and stuff. Like what I tell people is, a lot of people say, "Okay, Chance the Rapper," but like Chance the Rapper, he was a po- he's still a poet. Chance the Rapper became well, famous on the on the uh, open mic scene before he was even known as a rapper, man. And and uh, the sister that does the backgrounds for him, uh, No Name, No Name is a phenomenal poet, man. And and then you think about. Like even from New Orleans, like taking the bangers, like taking the bangers, they can sing, but they're poets, man. So uh, a lot of these people that we listen to, uh, you say, oh, they're rappers, but they came out as poets first. Like Common, Common was a poet, is right. a poet. Erica Badu, a poet, you know. So um, Jill Scott, a poet. The Roots, I mean, a black thought, a poet, you know. So they just happened to decide they were going to go in a different direction, but you know, it's still the same art form. So yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we gonna. I got one last question for you. We can have you a while. Uh, I know, look, bro, look, I can do this all day, man. I'm loving talking to y'all, man. It's cool. Yes, sir. <laughs> cool. uh, so, like, our demographic is from uh, 35 to 44 uh, age. Uh, mostly male. About 28% is uh, female. Yeah. So I, I would imagine in that demographic, uh, those people have children. So my right. question was, any advice on if if a parent see their child has a skill of writing, how to um, push them in a direction or to nourish that, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. That's a that's another great one, man. That's another great question. I, you know, one thing that I that I think is always been um, it's always been something that I've always appreciated is that I never was I never was forced to to like be in some type of box like always like whatever I want to try to do that's like always been my been my thing because I guess because when I was younger man I used to I mean some people don't know this about me man but I used to get into some trouble <laughs> when I was a kid man and uh one way I guess like most of us one way to keep us out of trouble so to speak was to keep us busy right we had to stay busy being stuff involved mm-hmm. in stuff so uh if a parent sees that that sees that their child has some some talent some potential I would say, man, just just nurture that. Like, you know, sometimes, like, even if, okay, if a kid's drawn or something like that, instead of your first question being, why are you doing that, you know, take the time to ask them, like, what, what made you think about that? Or, oh, so you like art. So, um, so do you think this is something you might want to do in life? Or why don't we try to go to a museum? Now, I know with the pandemic and stuff like that, I'm going to be honest, Right now, there's so much stuff that's free. Like, you can go online and find a lot of resources and stuff like that. So I would say, man, have a conversation with your kid, man, and, and find ways that you can, you know, expose them to stuff and, and, and expose them to different things and talk to them and, and uh, let them know, you know, because, I mean, the people that are doing it big right now in the game, at some point, 
they had to they had to say in their mind, I might be good at this, right? Like I think about Jeezy, man. I don't know if y'all like Jeezy like that, but I think about For sure. I, I think about Jeezy, man. I think about Meek, man. Meek Middles, that man, that dude right there. Like all the setbacks that he had and all that kind right. of stuff. But but he knew that that was like something that was going to to push him. He knew that was going to be something like rap was going to be his his way out, so to speak. And uh, sometimes I think, especially in the African American community, sometimes, um, like I think we don't we don't always allow our dreams to to to, to grow uh, because we might be asking ourselves like, how is this going to relate or translate into money first, right? And I get that right. money's important, but sometimes, man, you can't put a you can't put a price tag on passion, you know. And another thing is, you know, sometimes the way we approach things might be differently. I was watching a documentary on Jerry Rice the other night, man, and and Jerry Rice and and they had these other athletes on there, and 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 they and they had they interviewed some of the coaches, and some of the coaches said some stuff you just can't coach, you know, talent, some talent you just can't coach. That's right. And sometimes that, that's how it is with with talented and artistic people because people can't understand it, they don't know how to. You know, put a box around it or whatever, man. But but I said I have to say this, man. Just encourage you know, encourage your um, encourage your kids to just follow their dreams, find camps and and opportunities and possibilities for them. Uh, mentors, that's a big that's a big part of it. Letting them know, hey, there's somebody that that looks like you, that's doing maybe what you want to do, you know. And once because because for me, like there are a lot of people that when I first started getting into it, a lot of people that didn't look like me when I was looking around. But as soon as I found somebody, an older, an older, an older man who looks like me, who spoke the language, who talked to me about the business side of things, who really broke it down for me, then I was like, okay, now this might be something I might want to do too. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. If, I don't know if, I that, if I answered that question, like yeah, that, man. man. Can, we, we, can I ask? Uh, can I ask one real quick thing? And, yeah, and I, I, one I think is 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 only fair to you. This is a two part question. Yeah. So, what what's next for Van Garrett, as well as Van? Make sure you let all the listeners know how they can follow you, how they can, you know, either you know what follow your works that you got going on, how they're able to do that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I appreciate that. All right, so uh, all right, how much time? How much time I have, man? We got a few minutes to talk about that. Uh, I got. No, nah, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, I, I told y'all like I I hadn't been on the I hadn't been on the road for a few years. All right. So here here's kind of how it was going. I was on the road a lot. I was on the road touring a lot, and that was cool. And I had a good time. But then, uh, you know, life happens, man. And I just kind of took a little time off the road. It, the road was really it was really taking a toll on me, man. And I had to just give back to my body. And not only that, man, I just had to refocus. And so while I was doing that, while I was just, you know, working on some other stuff, working on me, I was also working on projects. So, um, last, yeah, last year, last year, man, it was just, it was so crazy. Um, uh, there was a publisher who wanted, wanted one of my new, one of my new books. And they said, Hey, you know, we would love to publish this and we want to, you know, we want to release it at the end of December to go into the first of the year. I'm like, okay, that's perfect. And then the pit bull, and that was water bodies. And then uh, Pitbulls and Jaywalks, I I had already written a, a, a book for that particular publisher, uh, and it's called it's, it, the term is chapbook, and the chapbook is like a mixtape. It's not the whole collection, but it's mm. it's it's a sample of like you know what people can expect. So they say, hey, we want this chapbook. So 
I was in a really good situation, man, because I had two books literally to drop um, at the first of the year. The first of the like the first of the year, the end of December, the first of the first of the year. So I was like, okay, I'm about to go on tour. So, um, so I, I remember I did the first, the first date was in Corpus and it was, it was good, man. It was a nice little vibe. I mean, people showed up, showed love and that was, that was cool. But the second event was in San Antonio and that was in March, right, right at the, at the very height of the pandemic. It was in March. People really, um, you know, really like feeling what I was doing, man. I was throwing parties on the road. It was really a situation. It was a good time. But then when I came back, cause I remember it was like, I think March the 16th or something like that. Then that's when the world shut down, right? The world shut down, and it, it you know the touring, like the, all the touring stuff stopped, and I was like really off to a good start. So then I, I took a little time to kind of like refocus what I need to do, what I need to work on. In the meantime, though, uh, I had my my debut picture book that was supposed to come out 2021, but I heard from the publisher, and the publisher was like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, we're gonna push this back." So I was like, "Okay." So to answer all of that. Uh, so some of the projects, many of the projects that were supposed to come out 2021 have been pushed back to 2022. Uh, so that's cool. And I'm talking about these are like some big, big projects. So uh, they're going to be at least two picture books that are coming out 2022 by a big time publisher. In the meantime, though, uh, I won a I won this national prize for poetry. So I have another book. It's about boxing. And that's coming out mm -hmm. in 2021. So in January. So man, look, if y'all can, man, bring me back on for that so we can talk boxing, man. But it's that's coming out 2021. And uh it's some people that are already co-signing on that project. So have a, that's a collection of poetry. So I have a, a book of poetry that's coming out 2021. Uh in the studio right now. A lot of people don't know this about me. We talked about music, but I, I, I'm a ghostwriter, right? So I, I do I do a lot of ghostwriting stuff, but I'm also, you know, I do a lot of yeah. ad lib on albums and stuff, man. So I do that too. Like, yeah, your, I do like your pen like, game nice. Your pen man, game nice? Man, say, bars, bars. <laughs> oh. All right. So, hey, look, hey, don't let the smooth taste fool you. You know what I'm saying? I, I you know, so I, I do that. You know, I, I go. Okay. Stuff, stuff, so, so yeah, man, that that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm back in the studio working on some working on some things as, as we speak. So 2021, I think it's gonna be like a mixed bag of stuff. I'm just kind of playing things by ear as far as like when I'm gonna be able to get back on the road because I know people have been asking like to make some school visits and, um, you know, I I'm doing some virtual stuff coming up. Oh, but I would say probably in the spring, um, that I might, I might be doing something in Warden. So I'll, I'll let, I'll let y'all okay. know because somebody asked me to do something okay. for like, for some community. It's a, it's a community project. So that might be happening. Um, if y'all want to find out more about me, you can check out, um, you can just check out Van G Garrett. If you, I'm real accessible. There, yeah, there you go. Go to the website, Van G uh, GarrettPoet.com, V-A-N-G, another G, A-R-R-E-T-T, Poet.com. You can catch me at uh, Van G Garrett uh, One, the number one. Um, and yeah, man, and, and just you know, follow my different platforms. I'm on Twitter. I'm on, I'm on IG. Uh, my Facebook public, my Facebook public page. Check that out because sometimes I'll post events on that. And, uh, and some other things rolling out, man. It's just a, a lot of things. So right now, we just put a lot of pieces together. Uh, expect some videos pretty soon, because I'm working with some okay. artists and some things. So some videos, too. So, yeah. Okay. Well, man, before I let you go, I got to ask you. I see you on IG, you know, <laughs> doing the, ins the inspirational things every morning. All yeah. right. But I see you. You be fly. 
I saw you with the OV with the you know the sweatshirts and you had that you had that OVO joint on. I was like, man, what, what's going on here? So man, how you where you getting this from, man? Look, hey, don't let that smooth taste for you. Sometimes, I got sometimes you. I'm low key with it, right? So, so you peeped it. Sometimes people don't even yeah, see you, it, you know what I'm saying? You be stunned. Yeah, you be stunned. Yeah, it's low key, though. Sometimes, man, like yeah. and it's, you know, like I said, I, I count it, man. It's, it's a blessing for me, man, because, like, I've been in different circles, man, and, and I move in different ways, man. Like, right. honestly, like in, a re- like in a real conversation, I'm just going to, I'm telling y'all, man, like in a real conversation, you might catch me right now. Get ready to head to the studio to work on a country album, man. Like to write some lyrics for a country album, and then and then tomorrow you might catch me in the studio, you know, working on a, you know, what I'm saying a, a Meek Mill type of album, man. Right. Or or it might be somebody like, hey, can you judge this poetry contest for some kids? You know, it's like we talked about this earlier. I don't believe in putting myself in a box. I'm not. I'm not the one to limit myself. Uh, and I'm not saying I take advantage of every opportunity. But if if I get behind the opportunity, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand behind it. And, and shout out to y'all again, man. Like when y'all hit me up, it was like, hey, can you come on the show? I was like, man, yeah, I appreciate y'all asking, man. It's cool, like, man, some brothers, man, like having some real conversations about some real stuff, man. Giving people like the real deal. I'm like, yo, you know, I was like, man, look, drop whatever I'm doing on a Sunday or or whatever day it is, man, and let me just let me see what's going on. And I love these questions, man, because. Let me tell y'all this too. Sometimes I do interviews and stuff, and man, these questions, sometimes the questions are so basic. I'm just like, man, yo, come on, come harder than that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But y'all made me think. You know what I'm saying? Y'all really, y'all really made me think, man. And, and it's been a good time, man. It's been a real good time with y'all today. So, yeah. well, uh, well, I appreciate you taking, you know, accepting the invitation. Uh, like I said, we want to highlight you for your accomplishments. Uh, being a local person, uh, many people that probably listen might know you, and yeah. uh, and we we love the message you gave today and and the insight and the journey. So uh, yeah. you know maybe you're doing something again. You know, let us know and come back on and plug it. And uh, like I say, I'm I'm grateful that you came on and we thank you. Nah, man. Look, I, again, man. Look, I thank y'all, man. And and man, look, man. Shout out the ward, man. Look, that's forever. Look, let me tell you something. <laughs> Like, no matter where I go and all that kind of stuff, that's home, man. That's foundation. You know what I'm saying? And what people don't know, like, like what people don't know, I mean, is is this. Like, um, like before, this is for real, this before I before I started getting on the road, like, like especially like a big tour or something like that, or being on the road, before I would do that, man, I'd go, I'd go home, man, and uh and then I go to the uh to the riverfront uh park, I go to the to the park, man. I walk around there. I just go sit down, man, and just get my mind right, man. And then I might go somewhere like the Henson's or something like that, man. Give me some food and just chill. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, mm-hmm. like that's and that's how I get my mind right. And then when I come off the road, I do the same thing, man. I just I just go home and chill. Like, like uh, that's that's the foundation. And uh, like I said, I, I really, honestly, I, I'm really still trying to find ways that. Some of the stuff that I do that I can that I can make it, you know, make it accessible and stuff like that, you know, you know, the hometown and stuff. If y'all I try to do that for a bit. I'm still need to do that a little later on, man. So if, if I don't do it, make sure you get on me to do it. But like I'll try like I'll I'll leave books sometimes in the free book drops. I'll leave bookmarks out there, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I I'll, I'll try to you know, I'll try to pass right. out some free stuff, man. So um but yeah, we you know, 
we're gonna try to do what we can do on this end. But like I said, I appreciate y'all for for letting me come in, and and, and you know, and it means it, you know, it means so much to me. Cause see, y'all y'all saw me coming up, you know, right? Yeah, you saw me coming up, so it's right. Like, that's a, that's a whole different that's a whole different vibe, man. Right? Yes, so, sir. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we gonna we thank you again and and wish you uh, much success in the future. I mean, I appreciate. It. Look, man, hey. Much success, much success to y'all. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm already gonna shout y'all out. I already I did a little bit, but I'm, I'm gonna shout right. y'all out in a big way. And let cats know. And uh, if I can, you know, if I can help y'all anyway, y'all just let me know that too, man. And I'd be more than happy to let cats know what's what's going on with you. All right, All right man. Appreciate it. Continue blessing. Right, I appreciate y'all, man. All right, Thank you, man. Here. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. For appreciate sure. bro. Thank you, bro. All right. Man, that was a great interview, man. Great. Great, just chopping it up. Felt normal right there. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, man, you know what it is. This Sip Slow Podcast, you know, we streaming everywhere. Apple, Google, uh, various various other platforms. Uh, we starting to drop that YouTube video, too, but don't forget about the audio side. We we there, too. So uh, we going to go on getting this topic. Y'all know how we do. Uh, Duke, man, what's that free game? Man, the free game this week is uh, let it go so you can grow. Hold up, man. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I like that. Forgive. Forgive. Okay. I like that. Yeah, let man, it go nice. so you can grow. That's yeah. nice. And forgive. Okay. Yeah, Duke, I, had to, I had to write that down, Duke. I appreciate yeah. that. A lot, a lot, a lot of us. Thank y'all. A lot of us. Uh, we hold on to stuff, and sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years, and uh, it stops us. It prevents us from from growing. It it prevents us from being uh, successful. It it, it pre prevents us from having our breakthrough that we want and need, and. Uh, it's just easy to forgive, man, and let it go and uh, move on. Sometimes we hold those things uh, inside of us, and uh, it, it makes us weak. And uh, yes, the, people, the people that we are holding these things against and then moved on ain't even thinking about it. But yet here we are still stagnant, holding on. So just my, my thing for the people and for me, too, this helps me, too, to let go so you can grow. Forgive. Okay, man, that's solid, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you gotta feel that. <laughs> you gotta feel that. So, uh, you know, it. You got a lot of people that go to college. You got some people that go to a trade school. So, uh, J Dub, man, what's your thought? What's best to do, a uh, college or uh, a trade school? Man, you know something. Over the the last couple of years, uh, my my daughter she's 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 a senior now, and so I, it, I look hmm? make it to where this. Yeah. Okay. Um. Over the last couple of years, I, I've had a lot of time to kind of think about this, and you know, I look back. I, I was fortunate enough, I, I had a scholarship to play baseball to go to college and they got my school paid for. But if I if I looked at it, 
the way times are changing and the way technology is changing, you know, some jobs are, are going to end up being eliminated. But I, I really have to look at the fact of uh, you, nobody wants to waste money. Let, let, let's just at least start there. Nobody want to waste money. And so if there you have a better opportunity, unless you're going to school for something that's going to require you to have like a license or, you know, be be certified, i.e. like an engineer, an accountant, a doctor, a pharmacist, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in if you're not going to go to college for something that's going to come out and, and allow you anything to really grow and not just sit in debt, go get you something that's, you know, you're going to always be able to keep and have up here. You're going to have practical experience because when you go to school for a trade, you, you're learning that practical experience, in which is what most companies want. You can go to college for four years, five years, whatever it may be for something, and then come out <clears throat> and you can't make the type of money that you would think you would make based on the amount of time you spend in school. Because most companies want somebody with experience for you to at least to be able to make the money. And, and my thing is this debt is huge debt is something that a lot of people aren't able to overcome debt is something that keeps people stagnant not keep people uh from from expanding uh what they can do and so if you can find a trade if you can find something that is going to be beneficial to you to you throughout no matter what the economy is doing i mean the economy plays a role in it but if you have a trade and something specific, plumbing, uh, HVAC, AC, whatever it may be, graphic design, anything, you can always have the ability to start something on your own. And, and so I, I hope and I pray for my people and, and you brothers as well that we move from always having to think that we have to work for somebody and, and go out and, and find and get your own, you know, whether it's having a CDL, which a CDL, you can make just as much money as a doctor. If, if you think about it, uh, a lot of these, a plumber, they're going to make just as much money as a doctor. AC, you, you, can, you can work smart and not work hard. And, and the hard part that I'm talking about is don't, don't get yourself uh, caught up in the I have to go. And, and because of this, I have debt now, you know, mm -hmm. if, if some, if school is not for you, get you something that you, your interest that you enjoy and, and that's going to keep you to where you don't have to worry about any type of debt, but you can come out and make something of yourself and be who you want to be. Uh, I got a friend. I, I'm just going to be completely honest. I got a friend right now who he has no college degree. He has an associate's degree and he has a skilled trade that he makes more money than <clears throat> I know two to three families on my street. That's profit. That's after he done paid out all of his expenses and everything. He makes more than I know for a fact, two to three people that are on my street. And if that's not incentive enough for me to, to get something and have that no matter what the economy is doing, no matter what companies are laying off, I can still go out and work. That's that's more ideal than getting yourself into a whole bunch of debt.
again, if you want to go into being a doctor, an accountant, lawyer, pharmacist, nurse, you, you're going to need school. And that makes sense because you're going to always have an ability for a job. But some of the other degree plans, look, the things have changed now. Uh, if if you're doing something and, and you're, you're not gaining from it, it, it's not the best fit. And so I do appreciate that I went to college. I, college life is fun. The experience is fun. But I graduated with a degree that I have never worked in. And, and I've been a professional or what I consider like after college for I graduated in 2002. So 18, almost 19 years right now. So I, I'm, I'm big on leaning towards a trade or some type of skill that can carry you throughout uh, rather than going. About that college. Of trade. I, I think you could I think for some people it could be both. But me, I'm say trade because college ain't for everybody you know it, it ain't for a lot of people to sit there and go through all them years and like your brother said you know you come out with a degree and you don't you don't work for what you went for but you know i think the trade would be easy because you got what he said plumbers hvac electricians you got all of them make good money just going to school and getting the trade and like you said, most of them guys that I know that do all this, they got their own business and making good money. So it's just the first of all, what you want to do to go to school and what kind of job you're looking for. And right now, those it's about six more jobs, but those those are the top ten jobs in America that you could go and get a trade for and make a lot of money. So right. I I go, you know, to trade and that's the way I look at it, because shit. Well, I mean, I can't sit in a class for no hour oh, or no 45 minutes and write nothing down. I'm going to be looking around. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where it's at, though, man. <laughs> well, uh, man, I see uh, Doug said pretty much the stuff I want to say, uh, but I'll throw this to y'all. But first off, I do agree that, you know, unless you go to school for something, doctor or something like that, uh, you might want to think, rethink it. But the average student loan debt for a bachelor's degree is $30,000. So when you get done with school, you know, you're looking at that to pay back. And then for a master's degree, it's $66,000. Uh, compare that to a two-year technical school, which is $10,000. I mean, man... Uh, if you follow Dave Ramsey or something like that, you can knock off ten thousand, pay that back in, you know, a few months if you're yeah. doing what you're supposed to do. So, uh, and it also, if you go into that trade school, think about it; it's going to take you less time. Then you can get out, get on out in the workforce and start making money, and that's key, uh, especially if. Man, you can, uh, like nowadays, a lot of these plant jobs, uh, you can have a little uh, two-year associate's degree, something like that, and you could be a, a manager just reading uh, the computer all night and making big money. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's just a lot of times we condition to think we got to go to college, uh, and, and that's just not the case all the time. So, uh uh, Duke, 
Yeah, uh, you guys made some some great points. Uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to do both, uh, college and a trade. So uh, that's a little split for me. Um, but I would say the trade side, the uh, NDT side, non-destructive testing side, that catapulted me and put me in a position that college would have never put me in. Man, that's um, huge, boy. And uh, I know uh, back when I was in college, the private school that I played a little ball at or whatever, I, it was like eight, 85, eight, eight to nine bands a semester. And that, oh. was, that was 2001, two. So, and uh, going forward, that, that was almost 20 years ago. And uh, no telling what it is now. So, uh, I, I would say for anybody that's getting ready to uh, embark on that journey in life to uh, look at what you're good at, uh, whatever you're good at, whatever you have a passion for, uh, we just had a prime example on the show. We interviewed Mr. Garrett uh, and go after that. And sometimes that trade side is it, more fulfilling because that's what you like. That's what you enjoy. So uh, don't put yourself in a box uh, and uh, don't settle. But uh, that's what I would say. I mean, the trade side helped me a lot more you know, I was able to get bags, so uh, mm. real talk. So, and I wasn't working as hard. You know what I'm saying? I, I that it was real simple. Yeah, your head over your back, and I'd rather use my my mind and my intellect any day over my my back and my spine. Mm. So, you know, I know I'm. <laughs> but go ahead, T. No, no, just do your thing. So. That that's what I would say. You know, I'm 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 even as far as both of them go, but uh, just to give advice, I tell somebody don't don't be bound to one or the other. You know what I'm saying? So go after what you desire and what you love, and if you got a gift, a trade, you know, uh, go after that, and uh, forget the college because college ain't for everybody. No matter how they say it and they they preach it and teach it, college, 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 but you know, and, and back and then one more point back then when I was going to college, I think 70 uh, percent of the people that had degrees didn't even work in that field. And Dub said to himself, like, and that's the true thing. And I know boys that got college degrees and master's degrees when when it when it went bad. Some of my partners, man, they they couldn't find jobs. You are you just finished your master master's and you work in that blockbuster. Yeah, it's a true story. So, uh, just go after what you what you good at and what what's in your heart, and it might not be college. So that's what I got to say, my brothers. Uh, now I was gonna say that I felt that, you know, if you go to college, most likely you'll have that job that's indoors, eight to five, and you make your money. You know, to me on that trade side. I know uh, John just said he had a diff, you know, a different experience. But to me, when you go to trade side, most likely you can make money, and, and so, most of the time, more money than the person that went to college. But 
from my thought, you're going to have to work harder, meaning probably more physical labor, unless you uh, started your own business or doing something indoors. But uh, like you, like uh, Doug mentioned, a plumber, you got electricians. But these people got to get out there and, and go get it. Whereas, you know, you in college degree, you would think, you know, you're behind a desk or indoors or something like that. So I just feel like you got to put in a little more work to, to make the money. But the money is there and you don't have to be in that debt. So, uh, Doug, man, so what do you tell your kids uh, about the college? And then you too, uh, JT. Man, like I said, my daughter is getting ready to graduate come June 5th. She graduated on her birthday. And, you know, as a parent, I'm going to be as real as I can with my kids. And, and certain things, I know her personality. I know what her strengths are. Uh, she wants to go to school for business, which is fine. Go ahead and go. Uh, but she wants to be a realtor. <clears throat> Honestly, that's something that she can actually jump on the day after she graduates, if she wants, she can go into real estate school. I'm not putting any pressure on my kids uh, to just pursue college immediately. Uh, mm -hmm. We've had too many uh, friends of our own who, you know, they got these great degrees. They got a degree, but they got these great jobs paying. But if, if you really look at it between what you make, taxes that are taken out of your check, what you owe in student loans, you didn't drop now sometime maybe 25, 30 grand. Or now you now you're on the same playing field as somebody who may not have gone to college. They have this skill, the skill that you can't get, you know, nobody's gonna take away from you. Not everybody's gonna go off and do their own thing, even the ones with the degree. Uh I'm not pushing my kids to just say necessarily go to college immediately. Think about your life. Think about what it is you want to do. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Well, our money, essentially. Don't waste right. that. But but pursue what it is that you want to do. Figure out who you are. You know, if, if you have to work while you're, you know, paying for your school or, you know, getting school paid for while you're working, whatever the case may be, that's fine. Nobody's putting no rush on you to, to get the degree. Obviously, we want you to we want you to pursue more uh, than just high school. But for, as for my kids, no, look, figure out something what you like, what you're strong at, and and then pursue it. It's not it, you know. We love you regardless. We behind you one hundred percent. That's true. I I just told my boy when he when that time come to think about it, and so he want to do it. I told him. You know, I know school ain't for you or for everybody. Get the trade, you know. But I told them, think about what you want to do because I'm not going to rush you, rush you and press you about going to college. You know, so I told them that's up in the air, but, you know, at least get something. Take some kind of trade or something. Get some up under your belt because you're going to need it. You know, that's what I told them. Yeah, because, you know, it's a lot of times we see that uh, you got kids that go to school, they mess off, two, three years because they don't even know what they want to do. They're just up there partying yeah. and this and that because they, they're away from the house. Uh, so like Dove said, 
if you make that child have him a job to help to pay for that, now you're going to separate who's serious and who's not, you know, because you out there putting your money to it. But when mom and daddy putting the bill, you know, like the old folks say, man, easy come, easy go. You know what I mean? That's it. So uh, you are listening to the Sip Slow podcast. Uh, Jay, man, uh, how to be a good friend, a real friend, not just a good friend, but a real friend. To, what's, what's your thought be on your, that? The thought on a real friend is it's not when it's good. It's when the tough get going when it's hard. You know, everybody can be there when you got good times, but when you at the times when that friend needs you to be real, to be a front when don't sugarcoat it, that's what being real, you know, Send down having a good conversation, talking to them, even when you when they're going through something. Just another listening, you know, being there for them. Because everybody ain't got nobody that say they're real. Because some people say they're real, but if you need to call them at two o'clock in the morning, talk to them about something personal, they sleep. But you know, it's it's a difference. You know, it separates from real. And some people people call it real, and they not real friends. But you know, and now these days you really can't count your hand. I'm having a real friend. But, you know, from the things I've been through and been around, you know, I know some guys that I'm on the show with right now that have been real. You know, I went through some difficult times that, hey, you need something to talk about. You need to talk to me. Call me, whatever. You know, that's, you look back on that, man. That's what you call real, though, because everybody don't tell you that, especially when you're going through something where, you know, I call that dark times. You know, it's something we all got to go through in life, but it's a hard thing. But, when people tell you that, you could call them and talk to them. You know, it, it makes a whole lot easier and better. You know, so that's what I call more of a real friend. You can just talk to about anything, man. You know, you and that you keep between you and that person when you talk. Mm-hmm. It, ain't, it ain't going out the window, going to the other side, the north side of Houston, or Victoria, somewhere. You know, it's there with them, and that's it. No. For sure. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the north side of Houston, huh? Yeah, it's no, good, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I I feel that uh, first off, it has to be you got to have love for one another. You know, uh, that's your friend and a real friend, y'all. You know, you got love for one another, and then also you got to support each other. Uh, like Jason right. said, man, mm-hmm. it's. It's good times, it's bad times, it's it's happy times, it's sad times, you know. Uh, and you got to be that person to pick the other person up. Uh, also, you got to be a good listener. You know, sometimes you don't need to talk. Sometimes, sometimes your friend just got to get whatever they got off, and you just need to listen. Uh, you got to be trustworthy. Uh Whatever y'all talking about, it's between y'all two, you know. Uh, and then good friendship goes both ways. You know, I can't just be right. real with you and you not being real with me. Uh, that, 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 that ain't going to work, you know. So it, it got to be equal, and we both got to be uh, invested in this friendship. So uh, that's my thoughts right now. And I agree with y'all, man. Y'all, y'all can't and couldn't have said it any, any, any much better. Uh, you don't have a lot of friends 
in today's time that are real friends. Uh, quick, quick little story. We talking about college. I remember being in college and uh, I think he was the head of the kinesiology department, Dr. Webb. And uh, he would observe me on campus and stuff, see me in the cafeteria. And he, he said, man, uh, uh, Marks, he said, uh, how many friends you got? He asked me this in front of, in front of the class one day. I started laughing because I started thinking about all my friends from back home. I started thinking about all the football players. And I, I was like, a lot. I can't even count. So he bust out laughing. And uh, he started laughing. I got offended. So I was like, Dr. Webb, why are you laughing? And he said, uh, I'm going to tell you something, young man. He said, uh, when you start living and you start understanding life and growing, he said, you're going to be surprised how many friends you really have that are real friends. He said, I bet you you'll remember this. You're not going to be able to count them on one hand. So uh, I say all that to say this. Real friends are genuine. Real friends are trustworthy. Real friends are dependable. Uh, real friend are, uh, friends are honest. Real friends stand by you. Uh, real friends will let you know how they feel. Real friends will have your best interests at heart, regardless if it's to benefit them or not. Real friends will stand with you and stand for you, regardless. Mm. And real friends will tell you the truth. I mean, we need the truth. Sometimes we uh we have friends that are Go along with us when we're wrong or, or amp us up when we're wrong, but yeah. we don't need to. So, nah. so uh, that's what I say. Uh, and I can say that y'all are real friends. You know what I'm saying? No matter what I done been through in life, no matter what then came up, you know what I'm saying? Being gone, being around. I got some brothers that I could go to that that I know, good, bad, and ugly. That's gonna give it to me raw, real and uncut, and that's gonna stand by my side. So uh I'm thankful to say that All I right. got I got real friends on here right now. So that's what real friends are to me. So you mentioned something, uh dude. See, you don't need nobody that's gonna agree. No, no yes man, so to speak. Uh I know I didn't told Jay, uh Man, look, if you see something going on that, that ain't supposed to be going on, you need to tell me. You know what I mean? Because if you don't tell me, then I got an issue with you if we right. if we real friends. Right. So now everybody don't feel the same way. And I think that if you don't feel that same way with your friend, that might not be the, the friend you just need. <laughs> just keeping it straight up because true. I'm not going to let my partner be out here looking crazy <laughs> or, you know, doing something crazy. So how do y'all feel if, if your partner come at you and say, well, look, look, dude, look, Doug, look, JT, man, you, you out here moving wrong. You, you need to do something different. 
how do y'all feel about that? Do, do y'all take, how do y'all accept that? That's real. Because I, I feel like he's looking out for you, man. No, that's, he really tell you that, then he's looking out for you because you know, whatever you're doing, it's a consequence in it. So, you know, he's giving you his up. Maybe it's something, you know, he went through to be like, man, don't go that way. You know, you know, get yourself together. That's the way I look at it. I mean, I, I I feel the same way. It, it's not a lot, lot more that can be said than than what all of you have said. And the crazy part about it is, all of you have been friends for a long period of time. Y'all have seen y'all each other's ups and downs. And and I'm saying this because I've seen from the outside looking in. To to all you listeners, don't don't want you to think I don't know any of these these guys here like that. But right. I've seen. Through the test of time, you guys have stayed true to each other, and that doesn't happen that often. Like like Duke was saying, man, the teacher told him, as you continue to grow, you'll start seeing who your real friends are. I have the, I I, I believe that wholeheartedly, and it, it's nothing more I can say about that. Honestly, I had a, a guy who he he a frat brother of mine. He he was a true friend. Uh, we started a basketball organization together, and I'm not even sure what happened, but things had turned. And, you know, the more I started seeing after that, I was like, man, this dude really wasn't a true friend. He he really wasn't what he said he was about. And and it hurt me. It hurt my wife to our, to our core, man, because, I mean, we loved them. They We felt that they loved us, and then all of a sudden he did something, and, you know, I, I was ready to take it to the next level. I was like, man, no. one thing you ain't going to do is talk bad about me. And I, I know for a fact that I ain't done nothing. I can understand right. if I did something to you. And I'm going to own up to that. But, no, a, a true friend is somebody, just like Duke say, somebody that's going to be with you through thick and thin. I don't, I don't even know how how much more can, you know, expound on that. He going to tell you or she going to tell you you right or you wrong they may stand up with you knowing you wrong but gonna let you know like look man or look hey hey homegirl you know this this ain't what it is you gotta you gotta chill out and and that's what you find as a true friend anybody that you have gone through things with people who have known what you've gone through and and been able to be there and support you and 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 help help you through that so that's what a true friend is to me. Okay. Well, you are listening to the Sip Slow podcast. Uh, man, we saw this week that Oregon became the first state to decriminalize the uh, personal possession of illegal drugs, including cocaine, heroin, oxycodone, codeine, and meth. This reclassifies possession of small amounts of drugs as a civil violation, similar to a traffic offense. The penalty becomes a $100 fine, which a person can avoid by agreeing to participate in a health assessment. Selling and manufacturing drugs will remain illegal. So, uh, Duke, man, what's your thoughts on this? Man, I, uh, I don't. I'm not surprised. Uh, uh, Oregon, Washington, all of those northwestern states uh, 
especially meth, when you look at the meth, I mean, a lot of those drugs have uh, ruined lives and, and it's so it's so plentiful and it happens so often. I guess I guess they're tired of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it like, OK, we uh, we we locking these people up. We uh, just kind of we're like society. They making it normal. Uh, but, uh, and just to, just to give, uh, my opinion on it, I think that eventually a lot of more states are gonna follow that train and, uh, uh, eventually Texas, I think weed will be, uh, illegal and, uh, you know, a little slap on the wrist if, you know, on the mount side, uh. A lot of uh, a lot of mo more other states will do this. I mean, it's not really that surprising, being that I got some brothers up there, some some boys up there, and it's just crazy, man. The drugs and that drug game up there is 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 bad, and uh, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe they'll find out that it's not a good deal. Um, that's not really a good idea. So. Uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, man. I mean, the way the things are, like I say, is it's getting crazy. So um, they getting they getting high up there, man. Boy. You ain't lying, shit. <laughs> hey, zombies, zombies, too. Zombies, <laughs> man. <laughs> For real. For real. <laughs> yeah, Doug. Yeah. Uh, man, I. I... The only thing I can say about that is, man, I'm pretty sure that's one of them places you, if you go to it, you hold your pockets, you watch where you go. Because, <laughs> man, I. Wow, wow, Man, drugs are rough regardless. Uh, I, I hate to see anybody using hardcore drugs like that, but, you know, I don't know what the next man is going through. And I ain't finna sit up here and judge that man. Only mm. thing I can do is be like, you know what? If nothing else, Smoke all you want, shoot up all you want. The blessing part of it is that, you, I guess, depending on the amount, you won't have to worry about going to jail. But that's pretty much all I can say on that. I don't, I don't have a lot I can shoot up all you want. Do all you want. I got you. you might hear that again later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's a little crazy, though, man. I think it's you know to make money, you put. Them Overhouse, whatever. And two, they say they, they got to help some of the veterans, man, the easy mind. So, yeah. I guess, you know, they find a way to make money, they can get high. Shit. Like you say, when you're high, you feel no pain. So, <laughs> they might get a lot of people come up there to move up to the organ, man, you know. <laughs> that's true. That's you know, true, so, though. You know, to get high, high, you know, for something like that. So, that's, that's what I say about it. <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, though, you know, dealing with that that uh that meth, I mean, I mean, they gonna get some people get some good work hours out of because they ain't sleeping <laughs> no time. Yeah, you, yeah. See, you, you gonna have that black and white in your mouth too. Yeah, yeah. Start looking like Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Ooh. for real. Man, that's, uh, that's, that's a mean drug. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a touch on a little something, man. I thought y'all was gonna hit it, but y'all didn't. I so thank y'all. Uh, 
I feel that these are the drugs mostly white folks use. Uh, and this is just my opinion. This is just my humble opinion. I feel like maybe it was a lot of uh, a lot of whites getting arrested for this and having them small amounts. And you know, they might be trying to say, "Well, hey, man, we putting too many white folks in jail. We need to calm down. Let's go on and." And, and let it let them have a little amount of think about this a little amount of cocaine oxycodone uh heroin and meth man that's some powerful drugs man what you ain't lying make yourself all right like shit all it all it takes is a little amount you you feel me so <laughs> yeah, uh crazy man. i mean yeah it's nice that they want to help somebody if they do have a drug problem uh, and, and not just taking them to jail and giving them another way out. But on the flip, think about how many African Americans have been incarcerated for small amounts of marijuana, small amounts of cocaine. So uh, I think we got to look at it from both sides. I mean, they're not just doing the, doing this just to be just to be nice, you know. I think. Yeah. Like I said, I think these are drugs that the white folks use up there in Oregon and in Washington. They was one of the first ones to uh, legalize marijuana. Mm -hmm. They just getting high up there. And that's it. These these drugs are probably just ravishing some of their neighborhoods, and most of it is the white folks. So I mean, just keeping it a bean, you feel me? And T. And T, big bro, let me let me let me add this too. You you got me you got me thinking too. With those drugs uh, on the on the going to jail side, those drugs, heroin and meth, the withdrawal. If you got somebody that's locked up and they having withdrawals from those drugs, man, you don't want to deal with them. I mean, some. The withdrawal, oh, too, with the withdrawal side, that's that's a liability. That's a liability. And so that's what you just made me think about. Like heroin and, and meth, the withdrawals, man, they act people, they act out. People gonna act out, they gonna scream, they gonna holler, they gonna scratch. I mean, they and, wow. and they they probably don't want to deal with all that too. Man, that's a great point, Measy. Uh Man, see, it's bigger than it's always bigger than what what's being told in the media or something like that. It's got to be more to the story. They just not uh, allowing this to go on. Man, there's some hard drugs. You know, I understood the marijuana, but you talking about these type of drugs and now you bring up the withdrawal symptoms, then that's probably money the state has spent to uh, get these people together. You know, as far as that uh, medical or psychiatric help, uh, you got to think about all these things on something like that. Uh, it's real, man. I mean, we would we would be crazy. First off, y'all are listening to the Sip Slow podcast. Uh, we would be crazy not to talk about the election, man. Uh, you know, we like Drake and. Uh, Future said, man, what a time to uh, be alive. So uh, it's a lot of things going on. It's uh, looks like it's going to be a shift of power in the country. 
this this thing lingered on for what uh Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and middle of the day, Saturday, they they come up with a uh with a winner. So I just want to get y'all thoughts on the election. We gonna go in that same in that same order, Duke. Uh what you think about that? Well man, I mean <laughs> I, I haven't watched an election or been that in tune uh, like ever before in all of my years, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I really was like locked in and uh, it's kind of like you watching the finals or something like it was real like, man, what's going to happen? What's going to go on? But it was a it was a real relief for me um, after it was over uh, and not to just get off into uh too deep off into the political side but man i was just like man i'm glad it's over uh maybe this nation we can move on um i was definitely happy with biden and harris being uh elected and uh i think they're gonna bring some change and 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 bring the people together i mean i like the fact that you know, people were doing a Harlem shit, <laughs> Harlem shuffle. Nah, 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 don't, don't tell me, don't tell I me mean, you like that. Come on now. I you mean, like that, you like that sucking and jiving? Well, I just think, I just think, uh, I think we're more powerful. I think we're more powerful when, when we can set aside uh, color, race, and. Uh, we could come together. I mean, the country has never been so divided uh, under any president. You look at the history, and I mean, we, we've we come a long way, but I think the division side was crazy with with, uh, with Donald Trump, but I'm just ready for, to see what's going to happen and the change, and I think it's a fresh breath to have for me, and uh, I, I'm sure pre many others feel the same way. And uh, maybe we could cut down some of the division. That's that's what I think about the election. And I'm glad it's over with. Duh. I mean, I, I have to I have to agree with John. I mean, he the way he put it, you, you can only hope that this division cuts down. I mean, nobody wants to live like that. This country is supposed to be better than that. But. It, we were finding out more and more that it was turning into something, you know, worse than what we expected. And so I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm happy with a change in the guard. I'll say that much. And I believe it at that. Yeah, I'm going to just say I'm glad it's over with, man, because I've seen a lot of people show their true colors behind this, you know. Uh, you know, just tripping, saying stuff, and he running around with the flag. But I'm just glad it's over now, man. And he called a man Sleepy Joe. I say, let him rest. If he sleep, let him sleep. You know, <laughs> all, the, all the name calling he's doing. But I'm just glad it's over with, man. Everybody can get back, you know, get back to doing what he's supposed to do, and that's it. Well, I'm going to keep that same energy I had on previous shows. Uh, like I said last week, I think. You know, the hood is the hood, whoever in the presidency. Uh, Boy, I stood up. We going to let, we going to overlook uh, Biden just being a racist himself. 
because he's a Democrat, I guess. And he's incarcerated more people than Donald Trump uh, with his legislation. Uh, Kamala, Har Kamala Harris has incarcerated plenty of black men when she was in California as a district attorney. I mean, a uh, state attorney, attorney Man. general, something like that. All right. I, I uh, want to ask you something on that <clears throat> uh, because I battled back and forth with that. And I, I talked to a good friend of mine about that from Compton. The, the fact that they've incarcerated a lot of blacks and, and this is no, no jab at nobody, but if you are one that's living your life the best you can and not finding yourself in any sort of uh, criminal. Get on camera, Doug. Uh oh, I'm just saying, you're not finding yourself in trouble nowhere. How much does that actually apply to your thought around what it is that they did? Again, I've been, you know, I, I understand that side of the, the criminal system. I know a lot of people, you know, my family have understood it as well, but how much does it really affect you in that decision uh, of, of what they well, did? Well, I feel like it's been a lot of, it's a lot of uh, our people that's incarcerated uh, that shouldn't have been. Uh, and with you, some of these laws that are past it kind of targets them now that doesn't mean that uh uh biting or biden or uh clinton or harris put drugs in their hand or the gun in their hand but the, the the situation that we've been put in does make us do things like that because a lot of times we do not get a fair opportunity hmm. like the other person does uh and 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 once again, we not cap. I'm not capping for Trump. Trump, he has brought divide. But like I said, right. Malcolm X said he'd rather deal with a racist, a known racist, Ooh. instead of somebody that's a closet racist. <laughs> so therefore, whatever Biden did, he still did it. He still said that he didn't want his kids to go to school with monkeys. Uh, he helped on that crime bill in 94. So to see all these black folks jumping and dancing, you just celebrating one master over the other. Hmm. I put on Facebook Ooh. that, I put on Facebook that, you know, the lesser of two evils is still evil. Man, ooh. <laughs> at the end of the day, I put that on Facebook, Thomas A. Washington Jr. So at the end of the day, it's the same thing. So my mama called me yesterday. I'm outside washing the whip. She amped up. <clears throat> I say, well, what's going to change for you? Hmm. Nothing. Man. Because we, you got to do something for yourself. Am I right or wrong? Right. Also, right. I told y'all on a prior episode that these presidents are selected. We're not electing. This stuff is already rolling out. They following the script. That's yeah. why they call it the, the world stage. Now, these are, these are my opinions. Now, <laughs> the only president that we saw go against the establishment or the powers that be or somebody say Illuminati or somebody like that, the only person that we saw do that was JFK. 
John F. Kennedy. And we know what happened to him. They pushed his top back. They pushed his top back. Yeah. (laughs) Top back. So cut all that out, man. It's going to be the same stuff that go on. I I gave y'all an analogy before that it's like wrestling. You got the good guys. You got the bad guys. On TV, they fight, fight, fight. But when they go behind the curtain, everybody, boys, they drinking bills. They best of friends. And we, the audience, the only ones that think this shit is really real than what we see. And so that's all I'm going to say on that. And, you know, I think I also think that uh, Trump, I don't think he's going to let it go easily. I think it ain't over yet. Not saying that he going to win, but he going to keep fighting. And, man, you never know what's going to happen. So uh, it's going to be interesting, man. What a time uh, to be alive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Boy. <laughs> huh? You heavy, T. Say, you spit. Yeah. You spit, they bro. Say, that was they, say ball. Their, they say you want their bed go, man. <laughs> Oh, that, that boy ain't ready to go to prison, man. He finna get locked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. all right. My mama said the same thing, right? What? About he gonna go to jail. And guess yeah. what I hit him with? I say yeah. now, why Hillary Clinton didn't go to jail? I mean, they ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to jail. I, that's what I'm saying. We gotta stop just listening to this stuff, listening to the media. Hillary Clinton did a whole lot of bad stuff. Now Trump, Trump going, Pence and Giuliani, they all gonna be in there. Well, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, just yeah. Let's, let's we'll, let we'll it play find, out. We'll let's find see. out. Come, yeah, come, that, come February ish. <laughs> we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, let's see because uh, I'd be shocked. You know, not to say that they don't deserve to go to jail, but I'd be shocked to see that. Uh, so you are listening to the Sip Slow podcast, man. We see that on November 28th, Mike Tyson fights Roy Jones Jr. Man, what are y'all thoughts on this? Uh, to me, that's wild. Uh, I know they were supposed to fight like six weeks earlier, and then they kept pushing it back, I guess, to kind of get, get a little more in shape. And the way I've been seeing Tyson on some of these videos, I, I don't know what Roy Jones thinking about. <laughs> so, you know, because Roy Jones was what, like a middleweight, something like that? Duke, you the yeah. resident boxing guy yeah. on, the, on the panel. So, yeah, you know, moved. go ahead. He- I'm sorry. He moved up. Yeah, he was he was a middleweight. Then he moved up to light heavyweight. But uh, okay. yeah, I uh, I agree with you, man. Um, even on back in the day, now Roy Jones is one of my favorite fighters, along with that, some of the other. Hold on, King. But Mike Tyson was a heavyweight. That's all I want to put out there. Go ahead. Right, right, right. And Mike Tyson is definitely one of my my top five fighters of all time. Uh, but Roy Jones just happened to be one too. Um, Parnell Whitaker, I can name a few, but nevertheless, uh, even back in a prime when you set uh, Roy Sweet Jones, P. yeah, oh, Parnell, and rest in peace to Parnell Whitaker too. Uh, Sweet Pea Whitaker, uh, 
one of the best. But uh, when you when you put uh, Roy Jones in his prime in the ring with Mike Tyson in his prime, I mean, it's almost a nightmare. It's <laughs> you know, you just don't do it. And and Roy Jones, I love him. Great boxer, one of the best, one of the best boxing athletes. But uh, Mike Tyson's a machine. He's he's a monster, and he's a another animal. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster. He's he's just a problem. So I think it's gonna be a train wreck. And uh, I know uh, it was supposed to be. I I think they put ex exhibition limits on it, so they might have headgear or or something, or they may try to protect both of them, but. Uh, if they don't, if they if they take that curtain down, uh, I I don't see it going past one round, man. Mike, Mike's gonna knock him out. I mean, it's mm -hmm. and Mike looked good, man. He looked good. He he fit. He still he's snapping punches. His 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 Girl. body. I mean, it, it's just like he's a a more in tune older fighter, Mike Tyson, but he's still. I mean, and that stuff is muscle memory too. A lot of it is muscle memory. It don't go anywhere. But man, he he's gonna snap his neck back. So, I mean, it's crazy. I I, I don't know what what's gonna be in it for Roy Jones, but man, I wouldn't get in. I wouldn't get in there with a sixty year old Mike Tyson that's in shape. I mean, I'm gonna right. just I'm gonna just give it to you raw and real because the dude still man, he he still can snap your head your neck with a punch, man. So. I'm looking no. forward to it. I watched, I tuned in last night and I throw this in. I watched uh, Gamboa and uh, Devin Haney fight last night. And uh, I'm a big boxing fan, man. I love it. I, I like to bet on it. I, I follow it. Uh, it's like one of my uh, first love sports. Um, but, man, I'm going to watch it. And uh, shout out to all the boxing fans, to those that like boxing, in the boxing, and those That's that are. Bet on that boxing game. For sure. Uh, real quick, uh, Doug, Jay, real quick, who y'all think, who y'all got in this? Man. I'm going Tyson. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't understand, you know, with Tyson being a heavyweight, what, what Roy Jones thinking about. But it's supposed to be exhibition, but I think anytime Tyson get in the ring, he, he trying to do something. So, uh, Man, uh, what's y'all surprising teams of the week? Uh, Mo, I'm gonna go with Notre Dame, man. Beat Clemson in two overtimes. That was a good college game. I'm going with that one. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say them Carolina Panthers. Uh, I I don't know the the final outcome, but man, they were they were given the chiefs will run for their money and, and it wasn't, it wasn't lucky plays. They were, they were methodically working their way down the field. When I, I, you know, I cut off, I didn't get to see the end of it, but I, I'm going to give them the E for effort this week. Okay. Uh, unfortunately I'm going to have to go with IU again. Uh, yeah. Man, they, they, <laughs> they balling, man. And, uh, I mean, it's it's sad for me to, to say this. They beat, <laughs> they beat the brakes off of us, man. Michigan, the Wolverines, man, and and uh, they on uh, they on a little uh, a little streak, man. I don't know if they gonna make more noise, but I mean, they just kind of took the breath out of me yesterday. I didn't expect that at all. So, 
Uh, Harbaugh, man, I, I think this going to be his last year, too. That's my boy. Uh, been rocking with the brothers. And, um, you know, even when he was at my, my NFL team, San Fran, man, I mean, uh, good coach, but I, he just can't do it at Michigan, man. It's just time. It's time to get him out of there. But IU is my team. So uh, Michigan Wolverine is my team, but that's my surprising team. Indiana, so okay. Uh, mine was uh, Liberty uh, beating uh, Virginia Tech on the road, thirty-eight to thirty-five. Uh, that was a that was a thrilling game. If y'all didn't see it, uh, the way it ended, uh, man, I got it back to home easy. Uh, Indiana beat Michigan thirty-eight to twenty-one. I mean, man, that's that's enough said right there. So. Uh, Man, we come to that point again, man. Uh, what did y'all learn today, uh, Duke? I learned today, uh, and I shout out to Mr. Garrett again. Um, I learned that no matter what you do, uh, don't limit yourself to one particular thing, and don't don't put your blinders on. Uh, Rather it be your career, rather it be work, whatever, whatever's in your heart to do it. Um, I found a great parallel with him because uh, I I've patterned myself my life on that, on 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 going after even if I fail or doing or trying at least trying whatever's in my heart to try. So uh, that's that's what I learned. Don't limit yourself uh, and don't put yourself in a box. Okay. I'm going to piggyback that off there and what else he said, too. You got to be yourself, man. You know, at whatever you at, what you're doing, work-wise, life, in general, you got to be yourself. So that's what I learned today. Man, I learned I was going to do something that Van said, but I learned that you got to have a trustworthy friend because your information could be out on the north side of Houston <laughs> or down in Victoria. So that's what I learned today. <laughs> you boys tripping, man. You tripping. You know what? I, I learned that, you know, no matter what you go through, if you're willing to step outside of your box and challenge yourself on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, you too can succeed just like anybody else that you know we look up to or or seek advice from you too can do the same thing exactly uh i want to uh you know just say man i thank y'all for jumping meaning uh dub who is my brother jason washington is my brother uh jason thompson who shit he's my brother yeah. Uh Duke, uh, who's my brother. Uh, and this is an interesting dynamic that we have two brothers on here and we have two cousins. Uh Duke and and Jason are cousins. So it's really a family affair. So I want to thank y'all for you know coming on this journey with me. Uh I thank y'all for joining in on the show and 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 what we've accomplish and what we're going to accomplish uh, so uh, we've been last week was our first time dropping the uh, YouTube video of the podcast so 
Make sure y'all check out the YouTube page, Sip Slow Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to that. Like the video. Uh, we got the email, sipslowpodcast at gmail.com. If y'all want to give us some feedback or a question that y'all would like for us to ask. Also, follow us on Facebook and IG, Instagram, for some that don't know. It's both of them, a Sip Slow Podcast. Also, the audio version is streaming on, on all sites, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, various other uh, streaming places that wherever you get your audio, you can listen to the Sipsto Podcast. Just make sure you follow, like, and subscribe, and uh, we greatly appreciate that. On that Apple, uh, give us five-star review. Uh Doug. Hey man, I, I appreciate this. Uh, I, I'm glad we got a chance to speak with uh, Van uh, to to know where he came from and and what he's done and his journey throughout the way, and and being able to to be a part of something with guys that are true friends. Uh, you know, that's that's a beautiful thing. It, it's a comforting feeling to where. This isn't a, it doesn't seem hard. It's just right. a conversation. And so I appreciate yeah. that. For sure. Well, uh, once again, let's thank Van Garrett. Uh, y'all can find him, uh, Van G. Garrett, poet.com. Uh, he's on uh, IG. He's on uh, Facebook, Van G. Garrett. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate you coming on and and sharing your story and knowledge and wisdom. Uh, yes. But, hey, you know, it's that time again where you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we're going to sip slow, and we're going to live fast. Thank you for listening to the Sip So Podcast.